0: This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast, episode 364, for the date of July 4th, 2014. What up, hey-os, welcome to Shu. the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fansite, tell them, Shu that's right, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit, oh, the entertaining, my name is Mike Vegito EX, and across from me, joining me for the intro and the outro, yes,
1: I'm here for the uh, the easy, the easy part. parts,
0: that's right, Mary, how you doing, good, yo? good, 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 it's good to be here. It is a star-studded episode, starting with Mary. Oh,
1: thank you. You sure know how to butter me up. Soon to be washed away and replaced with teeth. <laughs> Mr.
0: Ujio, we'll hear from washed him away a little bit. Am I and,
1: expecting a typhoon?
0: Oh, in hurricane season? It's true. Arthur's it's all up in this piece. <laughs> Arthur's up in this piece. Uh, and then we have, for the first time, I've been running my website since 1998. I mean, Kanzenju Pryor, Dazenshu EX, and Kanzentai going all the way back to January 1998, Vegito EX's homepage. In the early days of Dai Zenshu EX, we actually did have a couple interviews. We had a Sean Schemmel interview, and we had a Sunny Strait interview in text format on the site. And all the years since then, including the podcast, which began... I was just telling you the other day. You're like, oh yeah, the podcast is like seven years old. Oh uh, no, the podcast is about nine years old. <laughs> Started the show November 2005. Never once on the podcast, other than Steve Simmons, who translates... Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, Clyde Mandolin did Dragon Ball for Funimation. We've never actually had anyone from Funimation on the show. Right. That changes for the first time. Sort of kind of here. This episode, uh, we're releasing this episode, normally we do it on a Sunday or a Monday for that week. This is a little bit of an off, a very different kind of episode. We are, uh, we're celebrating Battle of Gods kind of for the third time in a way. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It is. Our first celebration was March 30th, I think it was, 2013, the Japanese theatrical debut. We had Julian, of course, over there in Osaka land checking out the movie firsthand. Then we had the Japanese home release, which was last September, and we all got a chance to check that out. And now finally, it feels like we're the last country in the world, although I'm pretty sure France doesn't have it yet. Yeah, well, France. Not quite last, the United States is finally getting a battle of gods in an official capacity. Now, things are rolling out uh, a little weird. This weekend is Anime Expo out in California, and sort of kind of in conjunction with that and kind of off in doing their own thing, Funimation is doing a, a debut of their dub of Battle of Gods. They had what they're calling a red carpet kind of layout and event debut premiere thing. And that actually just happened as we're talking uh, last night. So it's all done. And then our fourth (laughs) coverage of Battle of Gods will be next month, when the larger rollout comes. So, Mary, what I would like to do with you right here, we're basically just setting up the show. We'll set up the interview in just a minute here. And then uh, at the very end, after the interview and after we talk with our buddy Josh, who was at the event last night, uh, you and I are going to come back and we're going to look forward to what is to come with this theatrical rollout next month. And uh, so this is like the the getting excited for Battle of Gods in North America. I mean, this household is a little, little weird because we have the Japanese release, we have the Cantonese, release and we have the mexican release of the movie yeah we are weird though (laughs) a lot of people actually have not seen the movie yet correct so i mean this is an exciting time it's the kind of thing where yes we've been covering it for what feels like almost two years at this point there is a huge portion of the audience that has not seen it and it's a a time like this is always a great opportunity to continue that celebration it is a big deal that the movie is finally coming out here so we want to make it As big a deal as it really is. So that's our goal starting this episode into next month. Let's start off those celebrations all over again.
1: I actually had an instance last weekend. I was at an event. Um, had nothing to do with anime at all, but yeah. there was a person there who was wearing um, a Majin Vegeta shirt. Oh, that's so right,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: I
1: was like, okay, well, I can't not say anything, yeah. so I had to say something, and I was strapped for something coherent to say after being like, I like your shirt. Right. Um. So I said, oh, have you seen Battle of Gods yet? It's mm-hmm. the new DBZ movie, and this person said, "Yes." Yeah. So, I mean, obviously not the English version, but right, I was- Pleasantly surprised that I wasn't met with a dead stare. Like, what are you talking about? Right, right. So what I did let the person know is like, oh, it's coming out theatrically here. Mm-hmm. You know, limited run in North America. So you should check that out. So I feel like I was doing my civic Dragon Ball duty.
0: Mary's the shill on this show. I
1: am. I am. I don't know how that happened.
0: <laughs> You're going to go away in a minute. Heath is going to join me. We chatted with Sean Schemmel, Chris Abbott, and Justin Cook from Funimation about Battle of the Gods. That's what we wanted to talk about. And we're going to, Heath and I will set that up real briefly. We want to talk about the movie itself. I think we had a great chat about some of the, the themes in the movie, some of the casting decisions and the reasonings for some of those kind of things. Great stuff. So you have that to look forward to. After that, our buddy, Josh Kendamu, uh, him and Ryan caster were out there for the red carpet debut last night. They were kind of our, uh, our West coast senior correspondents for (laughs) Senior analysts, (laughs) Right. Checking out the movie and, uh, uh, acting uh as our kind of press correspondents out there so we're gonna learn what what was the event like how did it feel what was the atmosphere and then get a couple impressions of uh the dub of the movie and then of course we look forward to uh, next month when a little bit larger of a rollout so that's what's on tap this episode it is that like i said that third part of the battle of god celebration so mary goodbye we'll see you in a little bit yes you will all right heath you're jumping in now all right, so we're jumping in here to our topic. Keith, momentarily, you're about to hear we're talking with Sean Shemmel, Chris Abbott, Justin Cook. Battle of Gods debuts tonight. What day is this? This is July 3rd? Uh,
3: Today is July 3rd. I have no idea what day. I know, it's so weird. It's a weird
0: week. <laughs> so we had a chance to chat for about half an hour, though. We had some kind of low bandwidth at the start, so we'll see where it is that we jump into the recording here. We talked about Battle of Gods for... A good amount of time, good stuff, right?
3: Oh, it was very good. It's uh, it's refreshing to get their take on it because a lot of times when these things happen, you know, you don't really get to hear what they think unless it's a press statement.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we've got a lot of that. It's just press release after press release, and to these are people. I mean, they work on the show (laughs) this is the the, the folks that are producing the show in north america and to hear they have a very different perspective from japanese voice actors they have a different perspective than we do coming into it and so to hear their different informed perspective on the movie itself which is what we wanted to focus on here i thought that was super super cool so check out the interview we got coming at you right now and uh, we'll catch up with you after that so uh thanks guys really appreciate uh Opportunity to talk to you about the, uh, the new movie. Why don't we, uh, get some introductions here? Who do we have on the line with us? We still got Mike and Heath. Who else we got?
4: Hi, I'm Justin Cook, uh, director of production at Funimation Entertainment and the voice of Dende, Raditz, and Buu.
5: <laughs> and I'm uh, uh, Christopher Sabat. I'm the voice director for the Dragon Ball Z series. I was also Vegeta, Piccolo, and Yamcha. My name is Sean Schimmel, and I uh, voice Goku uh, and King Kai on Dragon Ball Z.
0: Uh, here we are on the eve the eve of uh, Battle of Gods premiering English dub over there in California. Uh, I know we got a little bit more to wait for the rest of the country to go check it out. So well, I kind of want yes, tonight. Yeah, it's tonight. It's tonight. we got a couple of friends out there that are going to go check it out, so we're excited to hear about it. We wanted to talk about the movie with you guys, because we've been so psyched about it since it debuted in Japan last year. Uh, it's been all Battle of Gods all the time for us at KonZenshu. So I wanted to pick your brains on the movie a little bit. Dragon Ball Kai was a chance to kind of take a real new fresh approach with the series, but at its core, it was still kind of DBZ: Battle of Gods. It's entirely new. It's the first new thing. Seventeen years, all new material. So, I mean, you guys have had Kai video games. It's all DBZ, new stuff. How's it feel?
6: Yeah. Um. And keep in mind, I haven't been away from Dragon Ball Z for any more than a year at any right, beginning. right. Because we keep doing games, we keep doing Kai. So people, are like, what's it like to get back into it? It's like I just stopped a few months ago, so it's not like I'm getting into old. I have more in a while. But as far as the ice cream analogy, I was just basically saying that, uh, you know, we're telling the same story over and over, and, and even if you, if you eat ice cream every day, even if it's your favorite flavor, you're going to get sick of it. And so I never really get sick of playing Goku, it was really refreshing to have a bunch of new material and beautiful new animation using new technology, especially for the special effects and combining rich traditional animation with CGI. That, uh, is just taking this movie to a whole new level beyond anything we've ever done on Dragon Ball Z, and it's my personal
5: favorite uh, bit of material of all Dragon Ball Z canon to date in every way. And I basically tried in to just say the same. It was really refreshing to see something new. Uh, all the games have told, retold the same story. You know, all the uh, the previous iterations of either fixing the old box sets or covering up the the original Canadian episodes and all that other good stuff. It's always been recording the same story and it's so nice to get something new and fresh
3: yeah over the years you know we've we've seen Goku countless times in, in the series and in the movies but how did this Goku really feel compared to all the other things that you've done Sean
6: well it was interesting because Goku doesn't usually have a, a lot of emo- a wide range of emotions and so there was a couple of new emotions he had to explore here and a couple of new things he did that I'd never seen before such as and this is a spoiler alert, so tell people who are listening. <laughs> it's all good. Spoiler alert. That there is a moment where Goku does achieve the Super Saiyan God mode, and he's asked how it feels by Beerus, the God of Destruction. And I had to encapsulate how Goku would experience uh, a god-like power, which was far, far, far beyond any Super Saiyan level, in two words. <laughs> and those two words were pretty tits. Pretty you know, or, or it's the tits. No, um, no, it's I, tits. It's yeah. tits, yeah. That's what we should have said. So Beerus is like, how does it feel to be the god? And I'm like, it's
0: tits!
1: Um,
6: <laughs> um, no, that's that's not what happened. But uh, there was that emotion, and then at the end of the series, uh, at, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, uh, Goku, Uh, d- and you you know, in real life we all do this, we all joke with each other and tease each other, at least I do, and <laughs> and uh, maybe do impressions of each other, and Goku gets to do a Vegeta impression at the end of the movie, which I, I've never seen them joke around like that, where Goku's like, oh yeah, you were all like, my Bulma! And like, and Goku does it in the Japanese, so I do a Vegeta impression as Goku at the end of the film. So that was little new, little layers for Goku, uh, who doesn't have a wide range of emotions. Um, lots of new layers for other characters that I had not seen before, and I forgot what the question was, but I think I'm answered.
0: No, you got, you got it. You know, it's a good segue. Chris, want to talk to you about Vegeta? He's uh, got so many chances to shine in this movie. Uh, new emotions for him as well. How'd that feel?
5: It was. I think that's one of the best parts of the film. Uh, the the good thing that Battle of Gods has is it has the epic fight that people are going to want, but what I think it also has that uh, true fans of the series will enjoy is that it, it really is very character-based, and it, it explains a few things that weren't explained in the series. It it, it, uh, it actually discusses, um, or it makes assumptions that Gohan and Videl are married. It it makes a, it says this in the translation that Vegeta and Bulma are married. Yeah. And they never really discussed that in the series so far as I could tell. And um, the fact that Vegeta would stand up for his wife and Vegeta would kind of just empty his pride bucket a little bit to do something as ridiculous as sing some horrible karaoke song for everyone, that meant a lot to me. It was really fun. I think he has just as interesting of a role in this feature as as any of the other characters do or goku does
3: yeah yeah i have to agree it is it is definitely character building which is very nice to see in a movie but we also get some new characters that we've never seen before like beerus and weiss uh yes. what did you guys think of those characters i i thought
5: they were a great yeah. i thought they were a great dynamic actually i did i, I loved,
6: loved them. and i i loved oddly enough one of the things i loved about beerus was this one attack move he does where he just spins mm, yeah I, yeah I just kind of spoke volumes about, uh, to me, just said a lot to me about the character. Just, I don't know, it seems simple, but it was just like weird things oh, like yeah. that.
5: You'll love, it. there's something about, uh, there's something about the character I love too. At the very, very beginning when Beerus wakes up for the first time, you'll see him kind of slink out of bed slowly and kind of fall from platform to platform because he's no not quite awake still. That's a very comic way to introduce a badass character like that. True. Um, and I think we found, uh, very luckily, and that's the fun thing about having Dragon Ball Z come to us, uh, to be able to find a couple of people who haven't been in the show yet, who are extremely strong actors. So we got to use Jason Douglas and Ian Sinclair, neither of which have worked on the Dragon Ball series before. And it was really nice because uh, Ian is a huge fan of Dragon Ball. And Jason is a, an incredible voice that you probably recognize from... Uh, hes He's the voice of Krieg, or the psycho character in uh, Borderlands 2, if you're familiar with that. Okay. Uh, so he's really... I had to find somebody who was capable of doing all the uh, the intense fighting stuff, as well as the acting, and he fit the bill perfectly. Sounds very similar to the original, honestly.
2: And it's so
4: rare to be able to bring new you know, members into the club, and... Uh, So it's so fantastic. Even with some of the older uh, features that we did, uh, you know, we would reutilize voice actors who were already well associated with the series. Uh, There have been a few exceptions to that, but uh, yeah. But bringing in new new members
5: uh, in the in the club is is
6: special. And when we do bring in new members, they all have to sleep with Chris. So.
5: this but is, only sleep. There's no hanky-panky. I can't speak on the grounds that I may be incriminated.
0: <laughs> it, what was it about those characters? Like, what were you looking for? Was it some kind of intonation? Was it the raw quality of the voice? What were you guys looking for with those two?
5: It was a tricky casting, uh, partially because it had to be done very quickly. Right. Um, we had to cast this for the the previous or the the most recent Namco Bondi game. Right, right. And at that time, there was... Funimation did not have any legal copies of Battle of Gods in-house I was asking everyone I'm like does anyone have a copy of this I even, <laughs> I even emailed the team four star guys I'm like look guys I know that you guys can find everything find me a copy of that stupid movie Um eventually like people were able to send me clips that they would found here and there so I based the original uh, casting of Beerus and Whis based on what the Japanese sounded like and I, I think you'll find that they sound very very similar both of them do and, uh, and I also, again, as I said before, to repeat this, they, it just was critical that they were capable of, of fighting too. And if you've seen the end of Battle of Gods, you know that this this ten, this at least sets up the possibility of of more. Right. So I wanted to make sure that whoever we used on these roles would be people who have done this type of thing before and can sustain this type of acting for a long period of time. Cause there's no telling whether or not they're going to release a series or another set of movies that we might see these characters again. So these just couldn't be people who are good enough to do an hour and a half long feature. And then no more. Uh, I needed people who were going to stick around and, and, uh, and we're capable of that sort of stamina that's required for Dragon Ball Z recording.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, you want to future-proof that. At the very least, you have a new video game every year. So, I mean, the, the likelihood of beer is popping up again is probably pretty high. You want to make sure you get them on hand. So, uh, actually, Justin, I want to ask you, uh, you've played some of the, the smaller characters in Dragon Ball. You know, we don't get Raditz this time around. He's, he's not hanging out. There's a lot of good kind of in-between banter with some of the side characters. Were you able to kind of have fun with anyone in that way?
4: Uh, you know what? That's actually some of my favorite dialogue. That's in the movie is when they're doing these panning shots across the uh, party with all the partygoers, and uh, all of the different small little dialogue or, or uh, you know improvised lines that a lot of the actors would do in character were just absolutely hilarious. And unfortunately, I don't know that you're going to get to hear a lot of that in the in the mix. Hopefully, or maybe there will be some special features
5: that highlight some of it, but. Some of the dialogue there is just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, yeah the, in the in the sessions when we were recording each person, uh, a character like uh, a, a character like Marin or. Uh, Like a character like Ox King would typically have, you know, four lines, maybe a few lines. And then the rest of them are all happy birthday and then a bunch of crowd wallop. Right, right. The actual recording for them only took about 10 or 20 minutes. And then it'd be about 45 minutes of having to do all of the talking behind all of the scenes. So, all right, you're Ox King. In this scene, how about we... Talk about how you just got a new hat or something like that or whatever. So they, it, it was a lot of improv that the actors had to do to kind of stay in character and kind of keep the background stuff lively.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you guys do it differently from Japan where you're kind of sectioned off one by one, right? It would, it's just easier that way.
5: It, it would be it would be cost prohibitive and very difficult to bring in the entire cast just to yeah. do that.
0: So was it a lot more challenging to kind of have these one-off conversations? Uh, did you have anything pre-recorded to kind of bounce off of each other? Or is it just kind of organic the way it happened?
4: In my case, I was lucky because I think I may have been the last person no, to-, really. <laughs> so to hear what everybody was saying, which is why it was so entertaining for me. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, but you're right. There will always be those those first insta- instances where you're the first person to record, so nobody else is there. But even with that being said, I mean, the talent that's on this show they don't require anyone else to be funny. Yeah, they yeah. can do
5: that all on their own. Man, if you could hear, if there was a way to isolate just Choupsu's
2: track <laughs> in the wall,
5: because Brina Brina Plenty was one of the first people to record, and as you know, she kind of replaced Monica Antonelli about ten years ago right. on uh, Choupsu Farm, right. and uh, we've. I've had this philosophy for many, many years, or this hypothesis for many years, that Chaozu actually doesn't exist. It's a fight club thing.
0: <laughs> that, that <TM laughs> to no one else talks to him. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So that if, <laughs> I was even like begging Funimation to just do one flash frame of uh, Tzu during one of Tian's <laughs> lines or something. Um, uh, Brina does this thing throughout all the scenes where she's like, "Hey guys, Ga- guys, can you, is any can anyone." Okay, uh, can anyone... I get the feeling that no one can hear me. So uh, she <laughs> does this entire dialogue throughout the whole film of uh, of her not feeling like <laughs> anyone can hear her, and she's starting to understand. Like, like with, You know in the uh, episode where they all get to have a wish from the dragon if they win uh, the bingo tournament? Yeah, yeah. I remember she, in that section after they announce it, uh, they're like, and you can win anything you want with the Dragon Balls! And that very next Wallace scene, Breen
3: is saying...
0: I would wish to be a
3: real person. <laughs> See, sometimes it has the advantages of being the first person to record. Uh, yeah.
0: All right, we're going to talk about the ending, even though Sean's not here. I think everyone else can uh, kind of chime in on it. Heath, what do you got?
3: Yeah. Um. As we kind of talked about earlier, you know, with Goku jumping in at the end, impersonating Vegeta, it's it's really kind of a different ending that we've never seen before with the series. What did you guys think of it? And did you really? See an ending like that, sort of coming. Uh, well, I assume. I mean, and we're talking spoilers. Here, we so we yes, can spoilers, jump it, yeah. spoilers on
4: this. <laughs> so you're talking about how the fight ends, correct? Yes. Because, yep. Okay. I think that it's odd, sure, and different. To some degree, yes, but I feel like the real fight here was for Sean's character, Goku, Uh, you know, with Beerus not being the type of villain who's looking, you know, necessarily to to there's not a uh, a cell.
3: Uh, He's not trying to really gain anything. He's not trying to take over the world. Right. And so
4: this causes, I think, uh, Goku's character to just kind of uh come to the realization like, oh, well, then well, then, yeah, I give up. Yeah, And that's I think that that being able to kind of, you know, one of the reoccurring themes in Dragon Ball Z is is put, you know, pride before the fall. And uh, and I think that's what this movie specifically speaks to the uh, the vehicle for that particular lesson. in all of Dragon Ball Z has for well, for for many years, it's consistently been Chris's character, Vegeta, who who usually suffers from that. Uh, but for this now to happen to Goku, I thought was I thought it it provided more depth to the character uh, that previously hadn't been there. So so I I, I, I love the ending. I, I like that it's a little bit I don't know if I'm using the right word here, but esoteric.
5: So um, yeah, I, I felt like the the movie was a, a definitely character driven. I like that it. But you could tell that the ending was crafted by Akira Toriyama, too, though. the battle here is just between goku and his pride and uh, i wish sean had been here for that question sean has a really good answer to that as to kind of where he took it but i i i liked it i think that if you're if you're expecting something um if you're expecting s- something super epic at the end maybe you'll be a little bit disappointed but if you're a fan of the dragon ball series you'll understand that it's a it's kind of a nice, perfect ending for a Dragon Ball movie.
0: Yeah. You know, I think you summed it up where this is such a Toriyama crafted story. We've gotten the the behind the scenes story that he basically came in and said, no, no, no. And just kind of redid the whole thing. And I feel like this really is the Dragon Ball we know from Toriyama and to see it brought to life this way. It was just an an amazing experience. And I'm I'm glad to hear you guys feel the same way.
5: It felt really good. It's, it's funny. um, The, some of the jokes in it are kind of fun, like really Toriyama, like very Dragon Ball. Like they, they, some of the humor is extremely, uh, I I beg to say like juvenile. Oh, we're
0: back to fart jokes. It's awesome.
5: Yeah. 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 And it's, uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I, I'd heard some, I honestly heard some kind of negative things about it before I ever got a chance to see it. I heard some people saying like, it's not as good as you want it to be. But then when I saw it, I'm like, I don't know what people are expecting. Like, if you had seen if this movie if this movie had been released right after Dragon Ball Z was done, they would it would it would have been brilliant. Uh, I don't think anyone would have noticed anything because it fits so perfectly into the the Dragon Ball Z series.
0: I know you guys get a run, so why don't we wrap it up with uh, just some some closing thoughts for the fans looking forward to this movie here in our country for the first time.
4: Uh, I, you know, I, I think the biggest thing here is that, uh, and, and getting away from necessarily story-driven reasons to go, but you know, I think the big reason to go and check this out at a theater is that this is the first time Dragon Ball Z has been feature-length and featured at the theaters. Uh, it's a it's a decently sized release, and uh, I think the more success that it gets, perhaps maybe uh, not just for Dragon Ball Z, but maybe we'll see more uh, anime movies at the at the theaters. And I, I think that's uh, that's ultimately what uh, what what the anime fans would like to see is a little bit more of a mainstream appreciation and uh, and love for uh, for a theatrical presentation of these films.
5: And Sean and I, I, I know I could speak for Sean because both of us have expressed in the couple of days that we've been doing these interviews uh, how nervous we are because th- this movie felt like it had a lot of gravity to it. A lot of the fans I'm meeting these days are people who were, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old back when Dragon Ball Z was popular. Now it's 15 years later and they're 20, 25 years old. I've met so many people that have said, dude, you are my childhood. The voice of my childhood. I heard your voice every single day, three, like, for years, I, after meeting all these people and understanding the gravity of what we're doing here, I'm so nervous about everything we've done um, because now we're so much better than we were back when we originally dubbed the series. And so we've, we've taken as much care as we possibly can to make sure the lines are good. And um, tonight will be the night I get to see it in its entirety because we had to do this very quickly in order to get it ready for this event. Um, It was enough time to dub it, but not a lot of time to kind of comb over it and obsess over every single line at the end of it. So tonight will be the night where I get to actually see it all together and fully mixed and and, uh, presented in the theater. And it's it's going to be as exciting for me, I promise, as anybody else that's in that room, if not more.
0: That's awesome to hear. Well, uh, I know we're out of time here. So thanks to Sean, who unfortunately had to go. But we got Justin and Chris here. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. All right, so we are uh, the next day after Battle of Gods. I think everyone's recovering in a a whole variety of different ways. Joining me to talk about the red carpet event and uh, really the debut of the English dub of the film. Josh, the man of many names, you will forever be Kendamu to me.
2: Oh, yeah, I'll I'll always be Kendamu on uh, (laughs) Konzinship.
0: How you doing, man?
2: Oh, I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm great, too. You and our buddy Ryan, Castor Troy, out there for the event chatting it up with folks, getting footage of everything, getting photos of everything. So I want to hear from you kind of two steps here. Uh, I want to talk about the atmosphere of the event, how it was set up, how things went down. And then, of course, we got to talk about um, the English dub of the film. I mean, that's the the product, the end result here. So how did the day go down? How did it start out and how'd you get over there?
2: Well, uh, once we got up to L.A., which we just live in the just Orange County, which is just south of L.A. Uh, once we got up there, uh, everything was happening at the theater that was right near the convention center where Anime Expo was going on. And it really wasn't that hard to find out which one because we already saw a bunch of Dragon Ball cosplayers standing outside.
0: They were all hanging out, all excited, ready to go. All
2: hanging out. It was, it was like, you know, four hours before the film even began. They're still <laughs> right. hanging out. And, and so we went over there. We went outside uh, where they kind of sectioned off everybody who's waiting for the nine o'clock film and everyone was just you know really jazzed up and they were kind of doing all kinds of uh photo shoots for everyone you know they're grouping different characters cosplay characters by like what era what what arc you know that sort of thing uh people from you know the son family and stuff like that nice and uh so the fans you know were really jazzed up and this was before i even saw like any of the Funimation people mm-hmm. and outside it was just you know a real good time
0: so it was really a, a party getting going already in the midday there
2: yeah in the midday like before you know before anything even went down you know before we even checked in at the Funimation desk inside you know we probably spent a good 20 30 minutes just hanging out outside you know chatting it up with other fans and stuff like that there was even a, a mr announcer cosplay yeah man. i that saw that photo
0: cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool
2: yeah what so, was
0: the uh the vibe from the fans what were they looking forward to were they confirmed to already get in or were they hoping to get in
2: oh these fans were already confirmed to get get in i'm not sure if it was from like the twitter thing from justin rojas or gotcha. if it was like uh, our friend our our, uh, our buddy uh miguel who actually won a ticket at the funimation panel at anime expo
0: yeah there are a whole bunch of ways to get in it seemed like they they kind of they only had so many seats but it is they wanted to get as many people in as they could so it, it sounded like that went pretty well
2: yeah it actually went pretty well it went it went extremely well they were showing it on two different screens so it was oh I didn't you know, know they, they they had like a they had like a like a press room Mm-hmm. and they had, like, a fan room. Gotcha. Uh, which we were shuffled into the press room because of our reason for being there. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, inside, uh, there was a there was a table, like, near, like, the snack bar thing, uh, near all the overpriced snacks where Funimation had set up, and they had their banners everywhere, and we went, and, you know, oh, yeah, we're on the list. We're important. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, me and Ryan got in. We brought Miguel with us. He was able to come upstairs with us to the red carpet portion. Oh, cool. Uh, which was pretty cool. Like, uh... Justin had to help us out a little bit, actually getting up there, uh, getting past all the security people. Uh, they're, they're like, cons and what? And he's like, get out of the way. But, uh, <laughs> As it should know, be. Right. And, uh, but once we got up there, uh, the, the vibe up there, like it wasn't like one of those like red carpets you see on TV where like it's outside and you mm-hmm. know, huge carpet and everything. There was a, there was like a section upstairs, specifically set aside for like press people. And so, you know, we got past that barrier and the, and you know, you just had a bunch of people lined up like along, like the red carpet area they set up. You might've seen it in like a couple of my Twitter photos or some of the stuff that, uh, Ryan might've sent you last night. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we were told, you know, Oh, Hey, you know, just grab a spot. I grab a spot like in the second row, you know, there's where there's like not anywhere already reserved. And Ryan happened to weasel his way up into the first row. (laughs) And, uh, And, you know, he just started taking all kinds of pictures and stuff. And, like, the atmosphere was just buzzing up there, too. Not in the same sense as, like, with the fans downstairs, but in, in, like, the, wow, this is a big and important event, something that I would never have thought of when it came to Dragon Ball. And once, like, the Funimation cast were pretty much, like, the first people to show up for it, and they did all their individual pictures, and then they did, like, their group shots, and they talked to media people along the way on the carpet. And then after that, they kind of started mingling around, like, in other spots, and talking to the fans who were trying to get back into the red carpet spot because mm, they started yeah, letting yeah. fans upstairs a little bit at some point gotcha. but not actually onto the carpet and that's when we caught Chris and did our video with him and it was it was just pretty much uh electrified like even the people who uh weren't necessarily fans like it was just really awesome and some of the celebrities that showed up some of the like the younger stars you know they grew up watching Dragon Ball or some of them were still growing up yeah and watching Dragon Ball and it was really cool seeing them like in like Maybe, you know, like the, the orange Goku doggy hoodie, like doing like kamehameha for like the press cameras and stuff. That was, you know, pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. You know, tell me about the celebrities. Uh, from what I hear, Soldier Boy bailed on him.
2: Yeah, I didn't I didn't see him. Uh, a lot of the people I saw were like uh, like TV stars and stuff like that from like, like Teen Wolf and like uh, Modern Family and stuff like that. Uh, not a lot of shows that I generally like watch every day, but, you know, stuff that's like recognizable. A lot of people saw who they, you know, knew who they were and everything like that.
0: Yeah, I was looking down the list. and am like, uh, I recognize Laura Bailey and I recognize her from Dragon Ball.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. So like so, some of these people, like it wasn't like, you know, I was walking up there like expecting to see like Keanu Reeves, you know, come up or something. <laughs> it would
0: have been a good one, though.
2: Yeah, yeah, especially, you know, if they did some wire work for him. Exactly. But <laughs> yeah, uh so it was pretty cool. Um and everyone, you know, of the Funimation cast, like they were just they they seemed like they were just as blown away by this event as any fan or like anyone like me or Ryan or whatever, you know, they were just, you know, they, they were super excited about it as well.
0: That's cool. That's cool. So we're up to the point where they're, they're introducing everyone on the red carpet. Mm -hmm. We had, I think a couple hours ahead of time. There was about an hour of them all doing that before the screening was set to start. So was it just the photos and the mingling and the chatting for that hour?
2: Yeah, pretty much from like eight until like a little bit after nine, it actually ran a little bit over. We had to bail out on the very last part of the red carpet Some of the other celebrities showing up, so we could get in and actually see the movie. Mm, Uh, But yeah, it was mostly just that for like that whole hour-ish. Uh, just, you know, talking, getting pictures taken, photos, videos, pretty much just all the press stuff that they could muster.
0: Alright, well, let's head into the movie itself. um you, Had you seen Battle of Gods prior to this? I assume you have.
2: Yeah, I, I've seen it like maybe two or three times since it came out.
0: Gotcha. So, you were going into this knowing the film, knowing the story, knowing what to expect. This really was just, alright, let's watch the English dub. And I, I think we're all going into this expecting, alright, it's gonna be based Basically, Kai caliber. Chris is in charge of it, it seems, and he loves the show and making it as successful as it can be and relishes and just how awesome DBZ is. I think we all knew what to expect. And is that what you saw in the final version here?
2: Yeah, that's exactly that that's exactly it. You know, anybody who's expecting like Kai level you know sort of acting especially like um maybe like Arc kai when everyone was still super excited about it mm-hmm. like that's that's really what you're going to get out of this uh like all the humor even like translated over really well even some of the stuff like for example uh when goku was introducing himself to beerus and like you know in the japanese version he's all like you know oh so what a goku oh atukushua. you know and yeah. um, like that stuff like that you can't really literally translate they still did that really well you know Having Goku, you know, go over into a more formal kind of speaking that you would never hear from him, even in English. Mm-hmm. The the bingo stuff. Uh, everyone's been asking me about the bingo song, <laughs> right, and you know that was still just as hilarious. Uh, that sort of thing. Um, everything translated over really well, and uh, I mean my Japanese isn't absolutely wonderful, so I couldn't tell you if it was like word for word translated compared to some of the subtitles we've seen out there. Yeah, but from what I picked up. Seen it two or three times raw and with some various level quality subs compared to the dub like you're getting an accurate translation out of this. Yeah,
0: yeah. What were did you feel were uh, some of the highlights of the dubbed version of the film? I mean, you already mentioned the bingo, getting some kind of accurate portrayals of Goku flipping around there. What else?
2: Uh well, the the power of love Vegeta I mean, I I loved Vegeta throughout all of this, you know, just in the same way that, you know, I loved him in the 2008 special. There's that, the uh, conversation toward the end while Goku and Beerus are fighting, you know, like that. That worked out really well. Uh, Another another big highlight would maybe be... uh, You know, hearing uh, young Trunks and Goten again for the first time in a very long time Mm, outside of video games, uh, you know, and seeing how well they're doing and whatnot. It's just overall, like, you know, all the lovable moments people keep talking about, about Battle of Gods, like those are all just as lovable and just as worth looking forward to.
0: Yeah. So all the key story points, the feelings you felt like those translated over pretty
2: accurate yeah yeah all the all the inflections and whatnot were accurate to you know like an english dub for example Mm -hmm. so that that was all pretty good really the only big change and it's not, like, super huge, that was, with the dub, wasn't even in, like, the dubbing process itself. It was in the end credits.
0: Yeah, you know, I was actually finally getting a chance to check out the Mexican-Spanish dub of Battle of Gods earlier today, and I think I know where you're going. And that's, from what I understand, Flow is one of those bands, maybe it's with their record label, maybe it's with the band themselves. They don't either want or allow their songs to be dubbed into other languages. Now, when the CD single for Hero, Song of Hope, and Hedgehog, came out uh, included on there was an english version from the band of head and then when the i believe it's the cantonese blu-ray came out people like um the version of hero in here seems to be an english version and that wasn't on the cd single um the mexican version was the same way it was those english versions of both of those songs over in that version was that the same thing you saw here in the funimation english dub
2: with hero I was kind of really caught up in what was going on.
0: I know there's so much action going
2: on there that that I didn't really uh, listen for the lyrics. Also, I just haven't like memorized that song to death or anything either. And
0: well, here's the thing: their English version of that song is completely incomprehensible. So I'm I'm not surprised that you couldn't pick up what language it was.
2: Right, but with uh, with Chala uh, Hechala in the end credits, it's pretty much like with uh with like the classic regular version of Hedgehog, how there's those like English verses, mm-hmm. uh, that's what was used and which is probably what you're talking about on the C D. Yeah, yeah. That's what was used for the end credits of this. And uh what and one thing uh that uh, Ryan and I were kind of joking about on the way there is they might take out those Kanzenban panels and put in like the orange bricks or something <laughs> instead. But no. no, they actually kept that Kanzenban like the, the whole like visual from the Japanese version yeah,
0: good, good, good.
2: in that. So uh, I mean they changed the credits up a little bit to be able to include you know the English voice actors and everything as well but that's you know and then include all the Japanese people who were involved with it and uh, you know but that's pretty well standard fare.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's sounds like if you're into the English dub you have a pretty good version coming your way and if you're going to check it out as a curiosity you have something pretty decent coming your way
2: yeah exactly it's uh just for anybody who likes the English dub of Kai you're going to like this.
0: Now, here's here's something that um, we didn't quite talk about with the Funimation folks, but you're going to hear me talk a little bit with Mary about kind of after this segment and that's uh, different types of fans we've had in North America over the years. That's due to the age, the the project they came into at the time, whether it was kind of like season 3 1999, whether it's today's current generation with Kai. There's a lot of different people that like DBZ for a lot of different reasons. Now, you, you said you kind of got shuffled off into the press room, but even just in there, what kind of vibe did you get in terms of enjoyment, disappointment perhaps at the ending? Did you hear any kind of chitter chatter afterward? Uh,
2: Well, when I, when I was watching it, you know, everyone pretty much like laughed and got excited and clapped and whatnot, like at all the right moments. Yeah. And when we got out of the theater, Chris Sabat, he was actually all like, man, I wish I could have watched it with the fans over there, you know, and he started kind of chatting up with them. And I overheard, you know, pretty much mostly positive things like You know, pretty much everyone who was at this event who talked to him that I overheard, you know, they were into it, you know, just 100% wholeheartedly. You know, no one was, you know, wondering why they were using the current Bulma voice actor or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was pretty much just uh, excitement all around. And that might maybe be due to the fact that, you know, it's such a new thing and such an exciting event that, you know, that sort of stuff isn't going to set in yet.
0: It's such a self-selective audience. I mean, if you're there, you are psyched to be there. So Oh, yeah, definitely. You're not going to come away disappointed. I think the, uh, the additional level of disappointment is probably going to come <laughs> with the home release later on. Right. And... and, and we say that, we build it up, but the, it's like, it's not disappointing. It's really hard to put into words because when I see, I don't even want to call it a negative reaction to the film, it's more a disruption of expectations than it is flat-out disappointment, I think.
2: Without there being, like, Frieza's voice at all in the film, mm-hmm. without there being, like, you know, a young child go-on in the film, yeah, really, yeah. The, the only... The only person left who was, you know, new was, you know, Bulma, and so everyone, you know, has been there since '98. So it was it was really hard to disappoint anybody with
0: that. Yeah, it was the previous number 18 voice actress. I guess she was replaced in In Kai. Um, and then in terms of the musical score, it's kind of like this neutral ground for everyone with uh, Norihito Sumitomo's score. It's it's Nakikuchi slash Yamamoto style, and it's certainly not a Faulkner Productions or Mark Menza or Nathan Johnson kind of style it's it is what it is that's for sure
2: yeah and and you know i think also uh you know speaking of that i did kind of get like a little bit of like the american score vibe from when like when goku finally showed up poolside with the rest of them being like hey wait a minute yeah i've got an idea like and he's walking along all like dramatic and stuff oh, uh, absolutely. like that that, that piece of music right there, like that was kind of, you know, American score-ish.
0: You know, people have been saying that about Sumitomo's music over in uh, the Buark of Kai. So it's like, m- maybe this may appeal to the, uh, you know, the the word casual gets tossed around in such a pejorative way. And I don't mean it to come across that way, but to the, the folks who just watch DBZ as a show and like, yeah, that was a cool show.
2: The, the average American audience. Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, it's just going to fit in with probably what they expect and remember that way
2: yeah and i think maybe that you know i, I kind of just when you're saying that this little thought popped into my head that mm-hmm. you know kai was originally extended for the foreign audience yeah, yeah so maybe they you know they said oh well a lot of dragon ball z fans they like this score maybe we can get a guy who you know <laughs> do something can like that yeah. do something like that without being like so 90s hardcore about it
0: <laughs> right, right so
2: uh yeah and then also um after the film there was an after party also
0: yeah what went down there (laughs) anything oh
2: well um so it was pretty much like your standard after party for that sort of event like a company after party you got a little room sectioned off yeah uh for the people you know you get in with like we were given these like orange dragon ball z wristbands to show at the door on the way in and me and ryan (laughs) and miguel and this other guy that we met like went over there and uh you know, we hung out, talked with fans, talked with the cast, uh, talked with the crew and whatnot. Um, and the 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 thing that made it different, though, you know, besides you know like the open bar and the snacks and all that stuff, <laughs> right? Was uh, was the fact that okay? So this place was called Lucky Strike, and there was like there's like a small bowling alley in that room, basically. Okay. And at the end of each of, of like uh, each couple of lanes, and like around on the TVs uh, around that room. Were uh, they were showing Battle of Gods on Blu-ray, but oh, it was they were. subtitled. Oh really? Yeah, 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 and uh, and that was really interesting, and I and I kind of got caught up in that for the first few minutes, just checking out like <laughs> right. little bits and pieces, seeing you know, and, and, and like people, you know, like uh, Miguel was asking me, he's like, I wonder who subbed that. Maybe it was out, you know. Oh uh, uh, yeah.
0: So you weren't sure, was it like the Cantonese version because that did have English subtitles on it, or wasn't an in-house Funimation thing?
2: I, I asked uh, Justin uh, Rojas, and he said uh, he said, well. This was something that we threw together in-house, but it's not representative of the actual final product. Gotcha. So So maybe it was uh, like the
0: the first pass before someone goes over and smooths. Right, it. Right. Like for example, they
2: were still they were still calling him Beers, uh, instead of like Beatus, Us, uh, which is you know what they went, settled with at the dub. But at the same time, like they call they don't call him like the god of destruction in the dub, they call him Beerus the Destroyer. Oh, which really brings up like um, like Ghostbusters vibes for me.
0: Oh, you know, that was something that we were um, looking to get into. We just didn't have time with our interview earlier. That's really interesting that they you feel like they're avoiding
2: the God hierarchy thing there on purpose. Uh, Well, as much as they can with, you know, a transformation called Super Saiyan God. Well, uh, right, that's the
0: thing. Like, you can't avoid that in the whole movie. So why right. then not go with God of Destruction?
2: I don't know. Maybe, I, I was thinking maybe it might have to do with lip flaps, you know, because God of Destruction versus the Destroyer. Hakaishin you know?
0: Destroyer, maybe.
2: Yeah, so there, there might be that. I mean, they were in the subtitles, you know, they were being all like, you know, Kaio sama, beer sama, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. Uh, Interesting. So, but uh, yeah, it, it was Beerus the Destroyer. Oh, okay. And that was, that was probably the only real title change. They, they didn't refer to him specifically as a god, now that I think about it. Mm. Uh, they referred to him as a deity. Hmm, okay. So, which, I mean, has the same connotation for anybody, you know, who understands that, but I don't know, maybe. They were kind of trying to avoid it. Like, they still call Dende, you know, uh, a guardian rather than god. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, stuff that's become standard fare.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, Makes sense. It's kind of what we come to expect. It's one of those things where it's like, we know they're not going to start going down that route. We're never going to get Cyan. We're never going to get God of Earth. So... We, we just expect that it's stuck in stone at this point pretty much all right well um i think that pretty much covers that i want to thank you so much i mean there was just no way i could get out there we're looking at 600 hundred dollar airplane tickets it's like i can't really justify that
2: I, I got a text from you know heath at one point being like yo i'm gonna try and make it out there
0: yeah yeah can
2: i, can, can I stay at your place and i'm like oh absolutely this would be awesome yeah. and you know because of the july 4th holiday and everything like that it would just pretty much be impossible yeah so so you know in up bailing on that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I was able to, you know, do this for you guys. Uh, same thing with, uh, the, uh, Xenoverse thing from, uh, back at E3, you know. I've, yeah,
0: I know we didn't get a chance to catch up on that. Maybe whatever the next big preview time is, we can wrap around to that again. Uh, I definitely want to keep up on that game.
2: Yeah, definitely. Cause I mean, uh, you know, I've, you know, Kanzan is like pretty much the best Dragon Ball community out there. And, you know, I just kind of want to give back and this is the way that I can at the moment.
0: Ah, uh, there's, so. no, there's no need to flatter. We appreciate it, man. So
2: awesome. All right. Well,
0: uh. Thanks so much. It was it was great. I mean, we were able to cover, it's crazy how you you think we're able to cover the Japanese one in person, but the American one's like, oh, this one's really hard. But uh, it, it's great. What I love about our site, I mean, you were just saying the positive things. I get to say the positive things. Something I love about our site is that I've made some of my lifelong best friends through it. And just the, this extended group of Honestly, friends, I consider all of you my friends that I I can call on and be like, "Yo, I need a favor. You gonna do this? No problem. It it means the world to me. So thank you."
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, no, the thank you, you're welcome, and all that other stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just I think I think we're both trying to thank each other at the same
0: time. This <laughs> <laughs> endless bowing back and forth, Japanese. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it, it, no, I can bow lower than you can. Oh, I don't know about that.
2: <laughs> I've been training my flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. You win. All right. Uh, hey, do you mind if I uh if I plug something before I go? please do okay everybody um we caught some footage also of the event outside with the cosplayers inside at the red carpet all that stuff we got a few words from uh chris sabat about uh about filming new material and all that and it's going to be on it's actually it's already on battlegeekplus.com battlegeekplus uh you type that in go straight to our youtube channel Funimation's retweeted it already. You might've seen it. So uh, definitely give that a look as well. Cause uh, Ryan took some really good video of that.
0: Yeah. You, know, you say that you don't need to plug it. I'm already going to include it in uh, an update coming to the site this evening.
2: Oh, okay. Well you can <laughs> cut that out or leave it in. No, I'll leave
0: it, it. in. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you, right. you get to plug your own video projects at the same time. So that Ooh, works.
2: All right, cool. Well, uh, thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. Take care. All right. Yeah, you too.
0: All right, Mary returns to wrap up the show. Hello.
1: Hi, I really wish I'd uh, sat in on the interview when it was happening. I could have just sat in a chair off to the side while you were recording. (laughs) You know, kicking myself now.
0: Well, you can listen to it like all the other fine folks. All right, so to kind of wrap things up, Mary, I wanted to chat. Dragon Ball has had some theatrical events. In 2006, 2006, as Funimation was releasing DBZ Movie 12, they did uh, a very, very limited... I don't know if it was in more than New York. I want to say that it did play in a couple places, but we went and we saw Movie 12 in theaters they did a back-to-back double feature with movie six that's and movie what 12. i thought you
1: know what's weird is i remember the movie six part yeah? i don't remember there being movie 12
0: that's funny well uh, the funny thing was we stopped at one of the local anime stores up there and we bought the funimation movie 12 dvd before we went to see the yeah. movie played in theaters they broke release date so we have had that that almost doesn't count because it wasn't new. I mean, it was new for North America, but we had of course already seen it. It was what it was and they just played a DVD screen or it wasn't that exciting. There of course was Dragon Ball Evolution. Now that was a full length theatrical experience, but it wasn't the creative team that we know from everyone from Toriyama to all the Toei and Shueisha productions. Fox. It was Fox. And of course Fox still has their grubby little hands in the mix here. And some of that is, uh, uh, probably what took Battle of Gods a longer to come out here in North America, so we are looking forward to really the first actual for realsies theatrical showing of Dragon Ball Z. North American theaters. That is an exciting thing.
1: Yeah, when you put it that way it kind of feels like a BFD. Yeah, like, so
0: wow. what are you looking to get out of seeing Battle of Gods? Of course, we've seen it a couple times mm-hmm. in Japanese. I know the movie far too well for my own good. I think you've seen it probably twice at this point. Yeah. And then when I was watching the extended version the other day, you were kind of popping in like, oh, I remember that scene. Yeah, that every scene, time I scene. turned
1: around it was a scene I hadn't seen felt like it
0: was new. So this is going to be the theatrical version and it's going to be English dubbed. So what are you looking specifically to get out of this, uh, this screening?
1: I want to feel like a fangirl again. Yeah, And I probably will. Even though I'm a viewer of the Japanese version of the show, I think there is something exciting about the fact that I've seen this movie twice. Raw or in Japanese was, you know, English subtitles. I can't remember. The first time um, was Raw
0: and then we watched it sub. yeah.
1: Right. So going into it in your native language, I'll pretty much be excited about that aspect of it and the fact that oh my gosh i've seen this on a big screen and i didn't have to travel far to see it this is incredible i'm probably just going to be beaming from
0: ear to ear so it's the spectacle and also for you a little bit it's the native language thing yeah i got a little bit of all of that for me so much of it and it's crazy and it it makes me feel a little bit douchey in a way but part of me is like i want it to just be shown justice. And I feel like it's going to be it's going to be dubbed properly. And to have a properly dubbed DBZ forced upon North American audience. I love that,
1: especially because the story of the movie is something that appeals to i guess our sensibilities
0: of why we love dragon ball z so much and you weren't there for the interview but uh had actually talked a little bit about that Did Tor- he? toriyama crafted story how it felt like toriyama okay. and expectations so i so think so no one... i think they're aware of that too
1: right and i think because they're aware of that and have treated it as such an acted you know to convey that kind of feeling i know we'll probably get more out of the spectacle and the experience
0: Compared to other people, that are expecting maybe something else from the movie. The big, climactic, giant explosion to defeat the final villain. Like, if that's what you're looking for, I think we all have agreed, you're going to have a little bit of disappointment here because that's not what this movie is about. Mm-hmm. And I think we all loved that about the movie. Mm-hmm. So do you kind of do you do you feel for those fans in some capacity like, oh, you're going to be let down?
1: I wish we all could love it for the same reasons, but we're all it's, different it's, people.
0: It's OK not to love it for the same reasons, Right.
1: The and that's thing part is, of the appeal. The
0: thing is, my reasons are correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're terrible. <laughs> Uh, what I was going to say is right, yeah. there's so much to like about D B Z yeah. that it is possible to clam onto these different things about the show that make it great. I think for a wider audience for, you know, North American viewers and the reason my assumptions I should say as to why people in North America love the franchise so much, they might have a bigger problem with the movie, but I'm hoping they will still enjoy the spectacle of seeing it on the big screen yeah. anyway and really I think
0: that helps. Everything. Yeah. I, I, be and so there are
1: fight scenes. I mean. There are, of
0: course. And It'll be cool on the big screen. Yeah. I kind of feel like what am I looking to get out of it is just, it's just a cool thing. It's going to be in theaters. It's Dragon Ball. How is that not awesome? Yeah, we're experiencing
1: it in our lifetimes, you know?
0: Yeah. So at this point, we pretty much just have to wait another month. Uh, theaters, more and more theaters are being added. A lot of people are buying their tickets. It's pretty widespread out there. Uh, you'll be able to check it out about the, the second week in August or the first week in August, kind of that First weekend, there. I feel like we need to settle on is there going to be an official Kan get together going out and watching the movie? I don't know because the closest one for us is probably not the most easiest to get to for other people. So maybe we'll iron that out. Maybe there can be a couple of you. We can make a concession.
1: I don't, I don't mind traveling more north.
0: We'll see. We'll see. We're going to find that, that common
1: denominator area. Yeah. yeah
0: which is the, usually New York. Oh, I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily want to.
1: I don't necessarily want to. Buy Sorry, tickets.
0: Tanuki. I don't know if I want to go to New York. <laughs> So stay tuned for uh, semi-official KonZenshu movie get-together planning. Um, But yeah, our our re-celebration of Battle of Gods gets to continue a a few more times. Right now, next month, with theatrical showing, and hopefully in the near future with the home release from Funimation. I can't wait to own a fourth Blu-ray of the movie.
1: (laughs) You can't wait to keep buying it.
0: (laughs) We were joking that at some point, Battle of Gods is probably going to rival my DBZ Movie 1 collection. Probably. Just by virtue of it being more recent and easier To get as it's coming out all over the world. Mm -hmm. That's a frightening thought. Shut up
1: and take my money.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Mary, I think that's going to bring it to a close. This was, uh, setting up battle-o-gods yet again for- Set them up and knock them down. Hopefully a new audience that can enjoy it. Uh, you got anything going on? No, you got nothing going uh, on.
1: No, I gave my one story, You're my, my one public shameless plug for go to see the movie in theaters.
0: Right. You playing anything these days? No, um, not really.
1: I thought I was. Did I drop something? No. No.
0: All right, Sadly. exciting times.
1: Ah, Yes.
0: I guess in terms of gaming, if you want to uh, join the ranks, as you sort of kind of did, and then
1: oh didn't, right, you talk about FF14. I'm talking about
0: Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah,
1: you know, you did have me play that for a little bit, and I was like, too many damn buttons. <laughs> Only so have- many
0: buttons. Join us on the Midgard Sormer world, the server place realm thing. Uh, we do have a consensu free company, which is, I guess, what they call guilds in this game. Happy to have you along for the ride. I need some more people to do some endgame content with me so I don't have to play with random people who shout racial things in the chat box i'm just pleading for more normal people come on come play um i think that's what we got going on uh as we've been talking about the kanzenshu podcast schedule probably gonna continue to be a little erratic as seen by a friday release here with this episode on a holiday no less in a holiday so yeah so enjoy your holiday weekend if you're in uh the usoa for blowing things up and eating hamburgers that's what we're all about that's american and having a beer so that was our episode we'll see you back next time whenever that is here at Zenshu. Mary what are the various places that we have on the internet that they can find us pretty
1: much anything you can think of
0: I mean pretty much
1: if you guys aren't on these things then you ain't nothing it's true but you're on Facebook you're on Twitter yep I'm assuming you're on um, yep. Are you on Pinterest?
0: We're not on Pinterest Oh,
1: okay Are you on Tumblr?
0: We are on Tumblr Okay We're gotta... regularly posting Things there now Oh, nice In addition to cat photos oh, 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 of course And there is one more That we actively use That is Your forum? Google Oh, you use Google Plus? Yeah, we post things Wow
1: like... All the more power to you Yeah, I know
0: <laughs> And of course We do have our forum We have our chat All the regular places You can comment on news posts www.kanzenshu you cons and so let's see thanks to Heath for jumping in and doing the interview thanks to Chris Sean and Justin for doing the interview thanks to uh, Julian I guess for reviewing some questions tossing things out and we addressed one of the things he was hoping we would address in the interview even though I didn't think we were going to have time to address the thing um, <laughs> Jake like is off protecting us on Jupiter, and by Jupiter, I mean Hawaii, because he's a bastard. Mary, thank you.
1: Thank you as well. We'll
0: I see mean, you next time. Yeah. Or a next time.
1: At some time in the future.
0: We'll definitely see you for the theatrical stream oh, yes. of the film. Without we'll a doubt. You were around for that. I'll be there with bells on. <laughs> with bells? With bells. It's
1: figure a speech. Okay.
0: We will see you next time. I have been Mike Vegito EX Battle O oh Gods, round three here. Look forward to round four.